Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another edition of the Fade the Public Podcast. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always, the birthday boy, Mr. Brian Morris. How are you doing, Brian? How's it? How is it? I feel old as dirt, man. I'm finally in my late 20s, and I, I think that's, uh, I'm officially past my quarter, my quarter life crisis, and now... I was going to say, I was going to say, how is your your midlife crisis? So... so Honestly, is there such thing as a late life crisis, or is it is it just that it stop at the midlife crisis? They usually do. they call it a midlife crisis when people are they don't want to point out that they're definitely over the middle, over the middle point. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's well, whatever it is, it's some kind of life crisis, and I mean, it's been going on for 26 years, so we might as well, you know, keep it rolling for another for another uh, another year until I turn 27 and reevaluate until then. I do love like. I, I've noticed, like, you know, I turned 26, honestly, like, probably the most uneventful birthday I've ever had. Really woke up, and it was just a normal Sunday um, for me. But what, um, what, like, I love how, like, humans t- use this arbitrary unit of time, like, years. Like, man, I wish 2020 would be over. Like, I can't wait to turn 27. Things will be so much better as if, like, magically on the 1st of January or on the day after your, your 27th birthday your life is just going to automatically turn around and be different. You know what I'm saying? Like, like anyone who's sitting back saying, God, I wish 2020 would be over. Like, it's not like on January 1st when 2021 comes around that it's just going to be this completely different. Uh, like the, the, the coronavirus is going to disappear. I mean, unless like there's like an apocalypse on January 1st, 2021, the world's going to probably be the same as 2020. I think it'll be a slight improvement from 2020. I do not anticipate being uh, boy being that that is a bold prediction. I that is a bold prediction. It's very concerning that it is actually kind of a bold prediction. <laughs> but that is that is my goal. Is that 20 like. I was, like, very firmly, like, this is the first year that I'm going to have entirely in a, in a new city. I won't be in college anymore. And, like, 2020 is going to be a good year. Going to make it, going to, like, take advantage of actually having a solid income. And, uh, boy, that just, that just didn't happen. Didn't happen. You had about, you had about three months, basically two months to do it. And then it was, it two was Two and a just... half months. I actually, I was really starting, like, the last week. The last two weeks before the quarantine started, I actually went out and did a bunch of shit. Went out to a few bars down in Arlington, uh, had uh, a a fair bit of fun, and then, of course, there was a a bit of a snafu, a snag in the plan, as it were. What, uh, what's the military definition of situation normal, uh... (laughs) What always fucked up? What's I can't. No what's situation. Uh, situation normal colon all fucked up. All fucked up. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I love good. I love a good military terminology like that. Uh, foobar, another classic. Foobar is fu- my personal favorite. Yeah. Fucked up beyond any recognition. Beyond all- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's great. Foobar. Really got foobar last night. I'm going to start using that in my uh, in my um, in my vocabulary arsenal as a description of your alcohol consumption. Yeah, like you know, like let's just get foobar tonight, boys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like uh, that plan. Okay, what's your favorite? What are you, some of your favorite words for getting like drunk as hell? 
Obliterated. That's Obliterated a is a great one. Wasted's just a classic. I like Throttled a lot. <laughs> oh, I have, I don't hear Throttled very much. That's a great one. Um, what else? What are some other good ones? Um, shit Housed. Shit Housed. Blitzed. Shit Housed. Shit Housed is a well, great one. Blitzed is a weird one because I actually think that that's more of a uh, like getting high. Really, I've always I've only used it specifically in drinking terminology. I've always seen blitzed more as like you got ex- like dangerously too high. Oh, like I was just blitzed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, what's another? Uh, what's I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um. Most of them are just like annihilated. Annihilated. Uh, yeah. I'm sticking with throttled. I, I just love I love throttled. Let's get throttled, boys. Yeah. So I was in the bar, man. Absolutely throttled. <laughs> uh, man. All right. Anyway. Um, so coming up, I guess we've we've uh, bored the, the listener for five minutes and fifteen seconds of this podcast. Um, I would like to run through some topics we have uh, on this podcast this week. We're going to, of course, talk about the situation in Beirut. Um, We'll have our typical segments, Hockey Corner, Golf Corner, uh, This Week and Nobody Cares, our Boomer and uh, Honorary, we're changing the name for this week, our Warehouse Fires of the Week. Um, we will also have a little discussion about uh, some coronavirus topics, Russell Wilson, and a little uh, NFL talk as well. Uh, so, Ian, where do you want to get started today? Well, I think the obvious thing to start on would be the, uh, the Beirut situation. There's a, uh, there, it's a clear, clear tragedy. Uh, there's already 100 confirmed deaths and over 2,500 casualties. I think it's actually over 3,000 casualties now. And uh, for those that's exactly that why seen, it's a clear tragedy, and that's exactly why we have a mayor's bet on uh, how many deaths there are. Uh, I did not actually, uh, I did not agree to that because it's, I could not. I legitimately could not sleep at night thinking that I was at any point rooting for there to be more or less deaths. It's not that I'm. It's not that I'm rooting for it. I'm just saying, like how, like you saw the explosion. This is like an hour after it happened. I just was like, how many people do you think died? Let's see who can get closer. I'll buy you a six pack of beer if you're closer. Yeah, and I, I just don't like the, I don't like the idea of drink of getting, getting a six pack because I more accurately determined the devastation of a massive explosion. I will say uh, it, this has to be right up there in terms of degenerate gambling in my world, as when I would bet on Euro League basketball uh, during class, uh, <laughs> senior year in the afternoons. One hundred percent. This is <laughs> this is not just one hundred percent worse. As in, like, certainly, it is more than a hundred percent worse in terms of magnitude of degeneracy. True, true. Now, it's not a lot of money, obviously. It's just a six pack of beer. But it's the yes. principle of being right, you know. The um, but yes, for those that aren't aware, in Beirut, on the in the port section of the city, there was a massive explosion. Uh, that uh, that basically caused a crater. And Have you seen the, Did you see the before and after pictures and how, like how much of that port is just gone? Yes, and like there have been videos basically being released from throughout Beirut about how different people encountered it, 
there were shockwaves felt in a city 150 miles away. Uh, it was absolutely massive. Damage. Uh, there, there, there was damage caused, I think it was 15 miles from the epicenter. Damage was reported. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, windows blown out. I, I yeah. am amazed. If only 100 people truly died from this, I will be shocked. Um, based on the it videos, looked, it looked honestly, it looked more like one of those explosions you would see in uh, like Afghan and like Karachi, where two hundred and thirty people were killed. Right, uh, and that's why your prediction of two fifty was probably a more correct bet. Uh, but I was just thinking that because it was a port area, there probably weren't many people. What, I, what I'm amazed about, like, there was a video from a guy that was in the building across the street from the from the explosion. I don't know if you saw that video. Um, I mean, he was, like, right across the alleyway from the from the explosion. And I, I don't obviously I don't know what happened to that guy, but the video made it online. Um, mm-hmm. It just looking at the pictures, I don't know how anyone within that blast radius, like in the port survived i couldn't imagine if they did survive that they have like any hearing left i'm sure they sustained horrible injuries um what i was when watching the videos i I was trying to figure out because when you watch the videos like and you'll hear noise and obviously sound doesn't you know sound travels at 800 miles an hour i think it's 762 miles an hour correct me if i'm wrong there but um don't don't know don't care didn't ask plus you're a woman <laughs> okay Quavo uh, you're welcome you you like that meme I'm glad they showed that to you that's uh, a great meme <laughs> um, uh, but when you watch the videos you you hear noise as soon as the the massive explosion happens and I didn't realize and you know it took me a second to figure it out that that was the earthquake caused. By the explosion, and then the shock wave comes. Obviously, you can see the shock wave proliferate out from the uh, from the blast center. Um, some of the videos from boats were eye-opening because you can see the shock wave coming across the water. Um, I, did, I like. I just. I mean, it's just violent, man. Like that's probably the most violent explosion I've ever seen caught on like modern camera. And honestly, it probably is. I don't think there's been a bigger explosion in terms of. Like a bigger explosion in a in an urban environment, um, you know, in the modern century since Hiroshima. Um, I, I guess bigger explosion is probably accurate. More noteworthy would probably be nine eleven. Right, but that's not that was like just destruction. This is like a pure like like incendiary explosion. Yeah. Right. And on that note, I think it's it's we should point out that. Which we're talking about this within 48 hours of it happening. And so uh, we've seen a lot of bomb and explosive experts that just sort of appeared on Twitter. And I think it's we should point out that it would be completely irresponsible for us to go on and try and just predict or interpret or determine what the source of this explosion may have been. Which is exactly why we're about to start. So, Ryan, how do you think we? How do you think this happened? Okay, so so the Lebanese government um, has been under extreme scrutiny since this has come out. The story, and I've got this pulled up on the Wall Street Journal. Um, apparently, the explosives of the the explosive. I can't fucking read. The explosives originally entered Beirut's port on a board on board a ship bound for Georgia. That's the country of Georgia in 2013. 
In 2015, uh, no, this is an article. It was forced to dock in 2013 due to technical problems. Its owners later abandoned it there. I could not imagine abandoning a ship full of 2,750 tons of explosives um, to just abandon ship, but I guess they did. So local authorities transferred the explosives to a warehouse in the port and were meant to just to dispose of them safely, um, but they never did. So there have been so, there's been a lot of uprest. Apparently, there was a massive protest in Lebanon um, today because of this. Because you know, you know, optics right now are showing that the Lebanese government was very lazy in disposing of these explo- or you know, this this chemical ammonium nitrate. Um, I tend to believe that. This probably had some kind of inside job to it, given the tension between Hezbollah, which is the Lebanese, um, it's kind of a rogue Lebanese military group inside Lebanon borders. Um, They have had increased conflict with Israel in the last week, and it would be very convenient that Israel happened to find a way to light that warehouse on fire, knowing what was in it. Um... That's uh, quite the. I didn't realize that you were uh, such a big fan of the, of the nation of Islam. Uh, I'm by no means a fan of the nation of. I mean, the nation of Islam is that what Hezbollah represents? No, the nation of Islam is the group that Nick Cannon was talking to when he was pointing out that it was actually the Jews that run the world. Ah, ah, okay, yes. You're, okay. you're breaking out a very noteworthy, it was clearly the Jews section. Of yes, this. yes. So, well, I don't think it was the Jews per se. I'm just saying that Israel, it's, it's really easy to point your fingers at Israel. And then I love that Trump, as soon as this, this happened, immediately said, yeah, that looked like a bomb to me. <laughs> like... <laughs> There was a video that started circulating a bit recently from uh, the comedian Shane Gillis. He was like, Donald Trump is clearly funny. Like, I hate listening to people say he isn't. Like, dude, he asked, like, there was a hurricane last year, and he asked if he should nuke it. (laughs) And he was like, hey, uh, so this storm's coming along. You guys want me to nuke it? And everyone was like, no, are you crazy? He's like... Okay, offer's still on the table. Yeah, just just say ask. Don't say I didn't try. <laughs> um, but I love that. I love that because it's it's almost like he's wearing. It's almost like he's a listener of this podcast, and he's got his his tinfoil hat handy there too. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I think it was probably an inside job. I don't know how a fire like that starts. I don't know how you leave twenty seven hundred and fifty tons of ammonium nitrate in a warehouse for six years. In, in a prime warehouse spot. It's not like it was like back away from the port, out of the way, kind of forgotten about. Like it was in a pretty high traffic area for that port. So I, I'm skeptical. The other thing too is like watching it explode. I was shocked at how instantaneous it all detonated. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I'm I'm not following you on that. Okay, so like it's not like there was a series of explosions, right? There were. There were smaller explosions in there. Beforehand, but that was the fire. That could have been other things inside the warehouse. But when when the massive explosion happened, I mean to to have that kind of force, that is instantaneous combustion. Right? And well, yes, it, and not I'm, only- I'm gonna ask, how much do you know about how ammonium nitrate uh 
like explodes. Um, for security reasons, and because the NSA is listening to this podcast, I'm going to um, plead the fifth on that. And also um, because you know literally nothing about it. <laughs> no, but I know to create a for- an explosive force like that, you have to have contained detonation of a massive amount of fuel. I believe that 2,700, two, what was it, 2,700 pounds or 2,700 tons of, I think it's pounds, right? 2,700 tons. Oh, man. Of ammonium nitrate would probably do the job for that. That's, that's 4 million pounds. It's really closer to like 5 million pounds. It's like 5.2 million pounds. To put that into truck perspective, you could get... A truck will carry roughly, let's say, 40 tons. So what's 40 times? What? How many times does 40 go into 2,700? It goes five times into 200, so then there's 13, so 65, plus another two and a half, 67 and a half. So 67 and a half trucks? Yeah. Is that yeah, okay. So there you go. That's sixty seven and a half tractor trailers full of ammonium nitrate. That's a shitload. Yeah, uh for the record, I just Googled ammonium nitrate and it <laughs> all it keeps bringing up is that that's what was used in the uh Oklahoma City bombing. And it uh that was only two tons, I believe that were used in that bombing. So uh, the thing that sucks about this whole, well, let's go back a second. What do you think caused it? What's, what's your tinfoil hat theory? I think that it was, uh, I honestly would not be the least bit surprised if this, based upon what I've heard, this sounds like the sort of fuck up that actually could and would happen to the uh, to the Lebanese government, because I I saw a tweet that said basically every Lebanese person that's commented on this publicly has shown that they are, that the Lebanese government is just lazy, stupid, and corrupt enough to go to actually store the ammonium nitrate that way, and for it to be ignited in the way that they claimed it was ignited. Do you know how they claimed it was ignited? How's that? They were welding a door shut, and it ignited a nearby fuel source that then uh, <laughs> that then uh, exploded and caught the ammonium nitrate on fire. Boy, why were they why were they welding a door shut? <laughs> um. I or may, maybe they weren't welding it shut. Maybe they were fixing like a problem with it. I don't know. But they were. They claimed that they were just welding a door, doing some doing some hot work. Yeah. Interesting. Um, also, uh, there's claims that this was actually just a Hezbollah, uh, Hezbollah ammunition storage place, and that's why the ammonium nitrate was there. That's believable. I think that's the least believable theory, in my opinion. Just because, again, like I said, like you had one massive explosion. That for, for like to have a massive explosion like that, if it's a storage of weapons. No, no, all... no, no, no. I'm saying that that would explain why one, it, like something could be caught 
by, say, a welding or, like, a firework going off, thus igniting other munitions that then cause the explosion of the night, of the ammonium night. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm following you now. Like, yeah. it was very, uh, like, there, I don't think there's any question. It was very clearly ammonium nitrate. Right. No, that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. That it was definitely ammonium nitrate. But the, 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 why it was there, I guess, is the bigger question. Yeah, and I don't really see what the, like, why the Israel would risk getting caught in the responsibility for a, such a massive explosion. Uh, when usually what they do is more like precise missile strikes that might have a few casualties, but I I just don't see what the motivation would be to destroy that to leave that sort of damage. Now let's 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 go a layer deeper here. Is there a is there a group of people out there that would have something to gain from Israel being thrown under the bus for this? Well, yes. Which is? The Palestinian Authority and Hamas. Ah. So now we're getting to the real tinfoil hat theory. Did Hamas... Well, that's not a tinfoil... Oh, well, that, that would be a tinfoil did, hat did theory. Hamas, did Hamas do this in anticipation or in hopes that it would light the tensions between Hezbollah and Israel to war levels, warlike levels? Uh, no. I don't think... I don't think that that's... Reasonable because they can't even cause an explosion in Israel. So I like they the Iron Dome defense system is pretty effective. I don't like that's I think that's a little too obvious, and that's another thing where they would not risk doing something like that just to give Israel a bad name because their entire game plan is to pull shit where like they'll send uh like a knife, like a knife-wielding uh, member of the of Hamas or the PLO into Israel and, like, stab a few people. And then in response to that, the, Isra- the IDF will then sort of flex its muscles and go through, basically, like, act like prison guards in the, pal- in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and basically just fuck with and occasionally beat some of the civilians, and then they use those videos as a way of gaining sympathy for Palestine. It was 22... uh, 22.45. 3, 2, 1. Ian, I appreciate your uh, your diatribe there, but I get a goddamn fucking phone call during this podcast every time I record it. Um, so is it like? Do you always just get phone calls at like eight from between eight and ten? I mean, every yeah, day, dude. Like, well, it just seems like they always come on Wednesday, and like I appreciate people are trying to reach out and talk to me, but then like I ignore the call and they get fucking pissed off. It's like, dude, like I, I'm not there to be at your beck and call all the time. Like, goodness gracious, man. Anyway, end rant. Um, so, basically, to pick up where we left off, you had mentioned that uh, Israel kind of overreacts and acts like prison guards in the Gaza Strip and beats the civilians, and I think that's where we got interrupted. Uh, yes, and so then they, there are videos taken or reports of 
that misbehavior taking place, and then that's how the uh, Palestinian Authority and the Hamas gain sympathy in uh, in the public square, uh, like the world's broadcast yep. or yeah that that generally winning, so that's, winning of hearts and minds. Yeah, and so it's basically just the idea of. Uh, getting the rest of the world turned on Israel because they know that they will never successfully beat Israel themselves. And so I think that being responsible for this sort of uh, destruction would, like, if it were ever discovered that they were actually responsible, it would absolutely just cripple them on the world sure. stage. Sure, sure, sure. I don't think we'll see much of an investigation beyond. I mean, if the Lebanese government is quickly taking responsibility for the whole thing, it, it all, all act, you know, everything points to either a Hezbollah missile like storage or munition storage base, and then just basically mishandling of a shitload of a highly explosive material. Um, so it sucks for Lebanon, man. Like they, like there's already been a lot of civil unrest. That government has basically run the place into the ground in the last ten years. 15 years ever since the, the war of the Civil War of 2006. Um, I read a lot of accounts of people just saying, we're, we're moving, we're done. I'm, you know, this government can't do anything right. So um, I would expect more civil unrest. Beautiful city, by the way. I did some Google Maps exploring of Beirut. Really pretty. Really nice city. So that sucks, man. All the way around. Um, all right. Well, I think we beat this into the, into the ground. Any more comments on Beirut before we move on? Yeah, we beat this so far into the ground. There's a 70-meter crater. Ha-ha! Yeah, that's fun. Uh, so let's, let's move on. Uh, all right, so uh, we want to talk about um, the Mississippi flag. And uh, maybe, uh, did, did you happen to look at any of the, the... I did not see any of the submissions. Okay, this will be just real quick. Uh, so... Basically, the state of Mississippi has opened up an online, um, an online portal to submit flag recommendations or like flag designs, and there have been over 2,000 submitted. Uh, some of them featured um, uh, the Ole Miss player pissing on the uh, football field. They're pissing like a dog on the football field. Uh, one had the state seal with two Bush light cans next to it and said, God, we trust. My favorite was a beautifully designed flag with a blue border and a white interior with a possum, a snarling possum uh, on it. It said, in God we trust. So some of my favorites. Uh, you can Twitter, Google it, and, or Twitter search it and check it out. Definitely, uh, definitely worth the time if you have the chance. There are some pretty funny ones in there. So leave it to Mississippi to completely fuck that up. Um, mm-hmm. All right, well um, – Pretty much everything else except for the New York City checkpoints and a little coronavirus talk is a segment. So let's, uh, you want to dive into that next? Sure. Okay, so I read an article today. As you know, coronavirus is still a thing. We've talked about it enough that we could get away with never talking about it again on this podcast. But I read, uh, I read an article today, Ian, and I wanted to get your a live reaction to this line here. So New York City is setting up checkpoints to enforce the quarantine order. As we discussed previously, you can be fined up to $10,000 for violating the quarantine order if you come from 34 states in Puerto Rico. You have to fill out a health form when you show up in the city. I think they just added added Rhode Island. They did. They did. Keep in mind, uh, New York City still has 
twice as many cases as every other state except California. Just, I want you just friendly reminder to everybody. Um, twice as many deaths as any other state, uh, including uh, New Jersey, who's second. Yes. Yeah. Or no, not not quite twice as many. I think they have 33,000 and New Jersey has 17,000. Uh, North Carolina has 180,000 cases and only 2,000 deaths, but they are part of that 34-state list. Um, yes. So this is the line. Checkpoint, so th- this is the article, and I, I laughed out loud at the second, at the second line. Uh, checkpoints will be set up at bridges and tunnels leading into New York City to enforce a quarantine order for people coming from states with high rates of COVID-19, Mayor Bill de Blasio said Wednesday. Quote, we're not looking to target out-of-state residents, said the city's sheriff, Joseph Fusito, whose agency will operate the checkpoints. In fact, what we're looking to do is educate people who have spent time in COVID-19 hotspots regardless of their residence. What? (laughs) Did did I just hear you correctly? Yes, that is 100% a, a direct quote from the city sheriff, Joseph Fusito. We're not trying to target out-of-state residents in this clear attempt to target (laughs) out-of-state. We're just looking to educate people who've spent time in COVID-19 hotspots, regardless of their residence. Hmm. Um, Interesting. This comes at a time when uh, New York City continues to experience um, an unreal murder rate, um, more murders than they had in all of 2019 already this year, um, civil protest every night, and de Blasio has yet to speak out against that in terms of coronavirus spread. But by God, if you come over to New York City from Rhode Island and you don't quarantine for two weeks, you are going to be fined $10,000 and educated by the city as to what it's like to spend time in a COVID-19 hotspot. Did you see that uh, with that whole BLM mural that he put in, that he he's being criticized by other minority groups for uh for clear favoritism towards the black community. Like I think it was Puerto Ricans and Asians who were criticizing him. They don't take up any of the he, New York City population. No, uh, he they he basically admitted to skipping over a lot of the procedures that would normally go into pr- pr- producing a public mural like that. And his response to that was, it's, we needed a quick response to this trying time or some bullshit like that. You know, I will never fault a politician for skipping the bureaucratic bullshit and making a decision. So as much as I agree with the other minority groups um, feeling, or under, I guess, as much as I can understand why other minority groups would feel jaded or um, kind of ignored by de Blasio's actions... Any kind of politician that skips over any kind of bureaucratic process to get a fucking mural painted is fine in my book. I'm going to 100% disagree with you on that because the bureaucratic bullshit is the reason why they can't do half of the stupid nonsense that they want to get done. Uh, so, okay, so <clears throat> this is a tough one for you because now you're, this is anarchistian taking a, a pro-government approach. Oh, uh, no, that is not pro-government. I don't think that they should exist at all. I'm saying that the procedures exist for a reason. It's the same reason why I'm adamant that there should be debates this year between Joe Biden and President Trump. I don't think that we should have an election. I think democracy is bullshit. But if we're going to have a democracy or a democratic republic and we have these procedures in place, we should follow them. Agreed. Agreed. 
but I don't know. I, I hate the bu- I hate the bureaucratic steps. So let the leaders make their decisions, and they can be hanged at the hanged in the town square if they make the wrong one. That's that's where I'm at with it. Well, we'd need a pretty pretty tall fucking gallows for Bill De Blasio's freak ass groundhog killing bitch ass. Fuck De Blasio. Um, other uh, other COVID nineteen um, notes. Um, Fauci was shocked this week when asked if people should stop protesting given the fact that protesting could lead to higher coronavirus cases. No, to be, to be clear, he himself stated that there was, uh, that it was more than likely that uh, gathering in large groups for protesting would cause an increase in coronavirus cases, and then was shocked to find out that people will occasionally ask a follow-up question, and after... After stating that clearly, was then asked, well, if that's the case, then should we limit the protests? And he then said, what? No, I, I don't think that that's my place to make comment on, on policies like that. And that is the first time that he's ever taken that position because he's been making comments on the policies we should be taking that have drastically affected people's lives for the last uh, six months, essentially. And uh, strangely enough, he just realized that maybe he doesn't want to walk into the hornet's nest that is the Black Lives Matter protests. Because even though he's certain that it's probably a bad idea, he's not going to tell people that because he doesn't want to be criticized publicly right. for it. Right, and get canceled. Um, and while we're on the topic of New York City being a murderous cesspool, I would like to touch on the New York Met, uh, Johannes Cespedes, um, uh, opting out of his season. Ian, would you like to explain what happened? Yes. So, without bringing it to anyone's attention other than... I, I don't even think he brought it to the owner's attention. I think he just informed the general manager uh, or the front office the night before uh, uh, the... I think it was Saturday night he informed them that he would be opting out of this season because I believe they're... They were three and six at the time or some garbage like that. And so because there were reports that he was not present at the at the Mets stadium for the game and that people like people in the building, players, he hadn't told them either. So they didn't know where he was. And so as someone who defected from Cuba, people assumed that he had actually been kidnapped and possibly murdered by, by either the Cubans or the organized crime syndicate that got him out of Cuba. <laughs> and so that was... And so just, just for those keeping track, the Mets fans and many baseball reporters assumed that Ioannis Cespedes was murdered before they thought, maybe he just opted out of the season. You know, in a time when there's a raging global pandemic and players of all sports leagues are opting out every day. Yeah, and a... uh, Oh, the other alternative that people basically just dismissed almost immediately is that they thought he was just golfing. I like that one, too. Yeah, he's just on the golf course. I did like that one. I don't blame him. Three and six, you don't oh, need yeah. the money. I'd sit out too. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. Um, all right. And uh, on the note of uh, opting out, uh, 
this is a good way to transition into the NFL corner. And we talked a while ago about how Cam Newton was possibly going to take the New England Patriots to another Super Bowl, uh, having joined them for only like $7 million. And uh, that is, was likely a premature prediction, considering the fact that now seven Patriots players have opted out of the NFL How much is Bill year. paying them under the table so he can get Trevor Lawrence next year? Uh, he, they are not tanking. I guarantee you they are not tanking. Bill Belichick wants the record for most wins all time. Okay, but is one year going to put him behind the, behind the eight ball on that? Well, that would waste another year, and he's already 68. He's pretty old. Yeah. But also, he doesn't want to look like he needed Tom Brady in order to win. And so, not to mention, he would be wasting the one year he has Cam Newton. So what they're going to do is they're going to see what they can get out of scheming for a bunch of young players. And they'll probably still get nine wins, which with a seven, with a seven-team playoff will likely be enough for them to get into the playoffs. And then you never really know what's going to happen at that point. Yeah, and Belichick in the playoffs can be dangerous, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the people that have opted out include Dante Hightower... God, was Joe Thune, wasn't it? Was it... I'm trying to remember which offensive lineman it was. I can't quite remember. Um, then there were two other defensive players. Patrick Chung was one of them. Uh, Matt Lacoste is one of them. The I think he's the current starting tight end, which is... Jesus. That, the offensive weapons are just not, not great. But, uh, yeah. So, just... A lot of a lot of people missing from that team, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how how they react to it. But it's it was at one point there were six players from the from the Patriots that had opted out, and there were three on the rest of, in the rest of the NFL. There'll be more, I think, as as we get closer. I to think the season, definitely. You know. Also, how about o- Odell Beckham Jr. Coming out and saying, did we talk about this last week? No. How it was like, he came out and said, I don't really, I think that they should just cancel the season. I don't feel comfortable playing this year. And everyone just responded, then just opt out. You That is literally an option that has been presented to you. He's like, no, I'm not going to opt out. But I don't think we should be playing this season. It's like, you don't have to. <laughs> there is no one, no one is forcing No one you. is holding a gun Literally no one. No one is holding a gun to your head. Not only is no one forcing you, there are already more than a dozen people that have opted out of the season already. Um, that comes as no surprise to me. Odell never struck me as a very bright person. so um, Especially the time he slapped that security guard on the ass in the LSU, rock, in, in the LSU locker room. Classic scene. Uh-huh. Or, when he, or when he was actively handing out money to the LSU yeah. players. Yep. Th- that was fake money, though. It was Monopoly money. I believe yeah, that was the claim. Sure. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of players that they're opting out, you know who's not going to opt out this year? Patrick. Uh, no, that is Mister Unlimited Russell Wilson. Um, did you watch that video today? I-, I watched it start to finish. But yeah. that is the most cringy video I have ever seen in my life, and um, I just want to know. Hey Ryan, where do you get your inspiration? From from being on unli- what she say? Who is in the background? That's not Ciara. 
I don't. I have no idea. I couldn't see who it was. I mean, he's like, well, like someone's back there saying, like, from being unlimited, for being unlimited. I am Mister Unlimited, dude. He woke up this morning, wrote that whole script out, and then rehearsed it with somebody before he before he posted it on social media. Almost certainly, yes. That's the most cringy thing in the world, dude. What he say? He started with like, "You guys think I'm a robot? I don't show any emotions." Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, dude, just stick to playing football. You're like the second or third best quarterback in the league. Just. Just continue making millions upon millions. I hate I hate the term like anytime someone uses like tell someone to just stick to sports or like stick to football. But in this case, in it is in Russell Wilson's best interest to just stick to football. (laughs) Well, like I will I will say that I think that it's endearing that he's not afraid to be his very obviously corny bullshit self. But that does not mean that I'm going to encourage that behavior. Right. I mean, I hate, I hate to see anybody embarrass themselves. So I, I would hate for Russell Wilson to continue to do that. So it was a good, like, the thing about it is, like, it was a good message, I think. Like, he was trying yes. to be positive. But the whole thing just, it, like, just came off so corny, man. So corny. And he just got dragged over social media all day today. All day. Um, like, he, he can't look at social media, can he? Like, he, he gets almost exclusively made fun of. I think, like, if you get that famous, like, if I was that famous, I would not use social media. No, if I was that famous, I would exclusive, I would take, I think it's the Skip, the Skip Bayless approach, where you have, you follow literally no one and you just post shit. Yeah. Yeah, and ignore all the replies. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, you, that's the way you'd have to do it, because, of course, you get that famous, like, everyone's going to have critics. Joe Rogan talks about it. On his podcast about how, like, he has to turn off social media sometimes because everyone is a critic of everything you do, you know? Yeah. Like, well, he says, I was actually listening to the one, the episode he did with Abigail Schreier, uh, and he, he, like, at at the end of it, and I've noticed he's been doing this a lot at the end of the episodes, he's just like, just don't look at the comments. Just don't even look at them. Yep. It's not worth your time. I like Joe Rogan, man. I think he's moving to Texas. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, that's a... By the way, the Abigail Schreier episode. Very interesting. Would recommend... I'll check it out. I, I haven't listened to it. Um, I've been kind of off the podcast train lately, so I need to get back on that. Um, yeah, what kind of loser listens to the podcast? I know. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, who makes a podcast, number one? And then, and then who, who listens to it is the second question. Um... All right, so uh, I guess moving on, do we want to dive into a little hockey corner? Why, yes. Yes, we do. So, uh, hockey, like I said last week, hockey was back. So, not not the best on the predictions so far, as the first series was decided and the Rangers. Uh, I was not aware of the, the fact that Henrik Lundqvist would be starting in that, as opposed to... Let me check my notes on how to... Um, this is going to be tough to pronounce. Igor? Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's his first name. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Will be... Uh, was suppo- Got injured, I think, in the pregame skate for the first game. And Lundquist did a pretty decent job 
filling in, but he's just not who he once was, and that just really sunk the chances of beating the Canes. And so that's been decided. Uh, we had a very interesting game. We had a few just gnarly uh, injuries yesterday where Jake Muzzin had to be stretchered off after uh, tripping and basically sliding face first into uh, one of his opponent's knees. And he's out for at least the rest of the series, possibly for the rest of the playoffs. And then I didn't even see who it was, but I was watching... Uh, the Jets-Flames game yesterday. I'm sure you were watching, too, since you're such a huge Flames fan. Uh, I was actually busy and yesterday, so um, I didn't quite catch the Flames game. Yeah, uh, so uh, he, one of the Jets players went down to block a shot and got hit square in the face with Ooh. it. And I'm not, sh- not sure if it broke his nose or knocked out some teeth, but... As he left, like, you could see just blood pouring from his face. Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah, and there, there was, it just, it just stained, the, uh, stained the ice. Oh, man. He'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Get some dental yeah, work done. Yeah. Be back in a couple days. He'll be days. back in a couple days. I, I uh, honestly but, respect that so much out of hockey that, like, these guys will have just gruesome injuries and they'll be back on the ice in, like, two days. Well, that's the thing is that's the most interesting thing to see. Whenever you see a player that's not really, not really living up to expectations in the playoffs, you're like, I wonder what injuries he has and is currently going with. I think I saw one guy was playing with a lacerated kidney for a series Holy at one point. Shit! I mean, dude, uh, it is it is absurd the shit that these these players put themselves through. Like there is. There's a laundry list of injuries that come out two days after they're eliminated from the playoffs, and it's always super interesting to see who was hurt during the during the playoffs. Uh, I will say that as of today, the Bruins are now at best going to be the third seed in the East, despite having being the only team to get a hundred points and the clear runaway Presidents Trophy winners. So I'm pretty pissed about that, but. Uh, they actually started to show signs of life today in the third period, so that is a good sign moving forward. Next week, we will pick the first round of the playoffs, um, and right now, uh, the Coyotes pick I had is looking good, the Calgary Flames pick is looking good, uh, Any, I think... Mm, all of the rest of them besides the New York Rangers is now going to be a is currently one and one. Interesting. Interesting. Well we will have to see how it plays out. Um any Oh, interesting interesting occurrence. The Edmonton Oilers got absolutely shit kicked their first game against the against the Blackhawks. Gave up seven goals in against uh the Blackhawks and then won Six to two, six to three in their next game. Jesus. So it's just going to be an absolute, an absolute horse race, uh, or boat race, maybe is the is the phrase, uh, for the entire series. But I don't, I don't see how Chicago can keep that up moving forward. And then Montreal was also able to sneak out a win against Pittsburgh. So the picks of the two five seeds just absolutely destroying the twelve seeds. 
is not going as I had projected. A classic, uh, classic NCAA tournament faux pas on your end. Well, uh, actually, in hindsight, I think I picked the Pens and four. So that's not as bad of a pick as, but I thought I think I picked the Oilers to win in three. So that was not not great. All right. Anything else for hockey? <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think anything interesting that happened. I don't think anything really stood out. Oh, uh, the New York Islanders Florida Panthers games are still super uninteresting, just because of the way the Islanders play. Sort of predicted that. Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it for hockey this week. All right. Um, great hockey corner, Ian. Uh, we're going to switch over to golf real quick. Um, the topic this week is ants. Um, so Bryson DeChambeau um, in Memphis <clears throat> over the weekend hit his ball into um, an area of trees and got into a full-blown argument with a rules official that his ball was on a hill of fire ants. Um, the rules official basically came over and looked at it and said, I don't know what you're talking about. Bryson kind of threw a shit fit trying to get like relief from where he was at and uh, obviously didn't come to fruition. It's not the first time this happened to the PGA Tour. This happened to Bubba Watson a few years ago and um, they just basically said, fucking deal with it. Um, but my the reason I bring this up is normally this would be a This Week and Nobody Cares, but Brooks Kepka. <coughs> I was going to bring this up. Next, the yeah, next day... Hit his ball in the same place, and, you know, the camera's behind him, and he looks at his caddy and said, oh, there's an ant on my ball. And he's like, oh, just, kid, just kidding. No, he said, is that an ant? Yeah, is it an ant? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Petty Bryson at it again. Um, or Petty, Petty Brooks at it again. Absolutely love it. Um, so this week... Brooks kept... Brooks kept uh, being a petty little bitch towards Bryson DeChambeau is... My favorite part about golf. It's right phenomenal, now. man. And, and the PGA Tour will not pair them up. I would kill to see them get paired up. Like, please, PGA, if you're listening to this podcast, because I know you're not, please pair them up. Everybody wants it. The whole fucking world wants you to pair up Bryson and Brooks. It will be great television. I would take a day off of work to watch it. And they won't do it. They won't do it. Hell, I would subscribe to your PGA Tour Unlimited fucking bullshit plan you've got if you paired them up for one round i would subscribe to it just to watch them play together absolutely get them hot biked dude it would be phenomenal tv um but the vga tour won't do it because they're they're a bunch of soft bitches um this week we've got the pga championship at tpc harding park interesting course it is a public course in san francisco um the last tournament played there for the pga was the 2006 president's cup um some pretty famous tiger Woods shots in that uh, tournament <clears throat> this week. I really like um, uh, DJ. Um, this is a Western grass, a POA grass. So um, DJ plays well on POA, and he's a long hitter. Talking to uh, one of the listeners, he had mentioned that this is a course that requires you to be a long hitter. DJ is obviously a long hitter. Um, it's also obviously favors Brooks, and I think maybe uh, Patrick Reed will have a good week, or Patrick Cantlay as well. Kind of my four dark horse, my four runners. To, uh, to win the tournament this weekend. Tiger's back. Not expecting much from, from Tiger this week, but maybe maybe we'll, we'll get surprised. Who knows? Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Um, all right, and that concludes Ryan's Golf Corner. Uh, do we want to move on to our specific segments of uh, This Week and Nobody Cares? Sure. 
Let me pull up the list of This Week and Nobody Cares. <coughs> okay. So would you like to get started? Yeah. Uh, this Week and Nobody Cares. Ben and Jerry says they are no longer running ads on Twitter. This Week and Nobody Cares. This Week and Nobody Cares. Uh, this Week and Nobody Cares. The... Sorry. There it is. Yep. So this week in Nobody Cares is a Chicago area leader calls for Illinois to eliminate history classes. This week in Nobody Cares. This week in Nobody Cares. This week in Nobody Cares. The NCAA basically came out and said uh, they direct each division to safeguard student-athlete well-being, scholarships, and eligibility. Uh, this week in Nobody Cares. Uh, this week in Nobody Cares. This week in Nobody Cares. Oklahoma lawmaker threatens tax penalties for thunder of players kneel during the anthem. This week in Nobody this Cares. This week in Nobody Cares. This week in Nobody Cares. UConn uh, decided, decides to not have a football season. Uh, this week in Nobody Cares. This week in Nobody Cares. Oh, and sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, no, I think that was the extent of my This Week and Nobody Cares. Uh, this, I think you took my last one, the Yukon. Uh, this Week and Nobody Cares. Uh, the U.S. wants a portion of the TikTok purchase. Uh, this Week and Nobody Cares. Uh, this Week and Nobody Cares. Ellen has a very toxic workplace environment. Ah, uh, yes, I forgot about that one, too. I must have sent that to you over text instead. But, yeah, this week and nobody cares. And one more. Uh, this week and nobody cares. UCF officially names their stadium the Bounce House. This week and nobody cares. What? You didn't hear about that? Oh, wait, I did see. You sent that to me. Yes. I saw that and then and then thought it was a joke. No. Uh, so I just ignored no, it. Yeah, exactly. This week and nobody cares. Yeah. Uh Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention that uh, in the Veep stakes, I guess this could be This Week and Nobody Cares, uh, Karen Bass, the uh, the black female representative uh, in the House of Representatives, was announced to be on the shortlist for Joe Biden's Veep, uh, VP, and then was summarily hit with a oppa research dump, revealing that she's a communist that speaks at the uh, Church of Scientology. This week and nobody this cares. This week and nobody cares. Still the best segment we've added to our podcast. Yes. Absolutely. Most certainly. Um, all right. Did we have questions? We for do this have week? some questions, um, some interesting bits of discussion here. Let me pull them up. Ooh, I'd like to actually add one that I saw on Twitter. I think I sent it to you. Uh, it was, it's a spicy one. It was, which, which world city, U.S. included, would it be Ooh. most beneficial to Donald Trump's re-election if he knew? Yes, it? this is an excellent question. Um, we'll start out with this question here. I think that it, it would be in his best interest if he to help his, his re-election campaign if he nuked Beijing. You know, I thought about that. And, you know, I, I feel like that would create an international incident that would put him... And, like, in, like, that would take him to The Hague. He would be tried for war crimes, having killed, like, 30 million people or because of the affected area. I think that that's, I think that's like, an obvious, 
uh, thing to go towards, but I think that's like an easy, an easy thing that you need to avoid. I think it's got to be a Middle Eastern city that doesn't have a lot of population, but is enough to where it will really rock someone. And Washington D.C. Don't get my hopes up. <laughs> the both because it would destroy DC and kill me. <laughs> no, but the, uh, no, see if you knew the, DC, you're far enough outside of it that you would just get like severe radiation poisoning and die a slow, painful. Well, death. I guess it. I guess it depends what he would use because I'm only like ten miles outside of it. Okay. All right. Well, you'd have a chance. Mm-hmm. We can only hope. Um, I, mm, I'm thinking it would be a, a Middle Eastern city. Would be best for his re-election chances. I'm going to say it would be Iran. I don't know any, any cities other than Tehran. Um, well, we've got Google Maps. Tehran, obviously, the capital would be a big hit. Yeah, no, you can't do the capital. You have to do, like, the third largest What about Pyongyang? Ooh, that's a good answer. Uh, that's a great answer. I think I think that would have to be it. If he could nuke Pyongyang without launching a... without causing a massive strike against South Korea, I think that that would... that would definitely help him. The only problem is that you, the entire purpose of deposing Kim Jong-un is not just, like, the fact that... Because he's never going to use nuclear weapons. Kim Jong-un is. Right. Uh, So the biggest reason why you want to get rid of him is the humanitarian crisis where he has, like, 50 million people held hostage. Or maybe it's only 20 million. Still, lots, lots of people are just being held hostage there. And typically it's a bad idea... To kill the hostage. Gen- the hostage generally, the yes, I'd agree with that statement. <laughs> I am not. I'm not well versed in the uh, in the FBI's tactics for hostage negotiation, but I think that that is against the rules. Yeah, uh, generally they they don't want the hostage to die. Um, no, just a friendly reminder while we're talking about people being held hostage that there is currently an act of genocide going on in. Uh, China. In in China, and that is your one per episode. Yep. We're a fair we're a fair and, and we're a fair podcast. There's also one in Burma. 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 <laughs> I feel like you only bring that one up because you like saying Burma. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. I mm. I could give a shit about the act of genocide, Ian. I just like saying Burma. I'm going to say, I think, I think, Courage. Let me see if that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say Courage. Courage is a good choice. Because then you're basically, it's, it's nuking an Iranian city, showing them who's boss, puts you at war. Uh, He just claims that it was an ISIS stronghold. And that that's the reason he did it. And then he'll just get the entire, like, he'll shore up his base without question. And that'll, that'll really help his chances in, that, in those terms. 
the only concern, uh, the only alternative concern would be if maybe if he nukes New York City, then the rest of uh, then Buffalo and the rest of the upstate New York would go red, thus increasing his electoral votes by like twenty seven. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or Miami was another big one. Uh, Mm, that's another good yep. one. Um, all right. Ooh, what about Havana? What about Havana? Thus causing enough damage that would force the Miami. It would kill Castro, and it would force. It would potentially have enough fallout that it would scare off all the people from Miami to leave to another state, like uh, Los Angeles, New York, like the places they would normally want to go. Thus, serving him as thus giving him Florida essentially. Dictator. And giving him, guaranteeing him Florida, because then the Cubans would love the fact that he just fucked up Castro and all the comments. Getting, getting, uh, getting two birds stoned at once, as they say. Exactly. All right, um, moving on. Would would you call would you call the method for that hot bird boxing? I have never seen bird box, so I have no I have no comment. Well, that was more of a, a play on. Hot, hot boxing. boxing. I thought you were referencing Bird then, Box, the movie. Well, kind of. It was more just the fact that it is a phrase in the lexicon. Ah, yes. That would be a way of saying you're hot boxing a few birds. Now that we've examined that yep. thoroughly, let's move on to actual. All right. Questions. So uh, Quinn Hayes asked, as an Olympic deck that deck athlete, is it fair that Caitlyn Jenner plays from the women's tees? <laughs> I'm going to say no. No, 100% it is not fair. Because as... And this is something where we don't really talk about nowadays because the best athletes don't really go into the Olympics anymore. They go towards places that they can get fucking paid. Uh, Because I cannot help but think that if... If LeBron James decided he was going to be a decathlete instead of a basketball star, I cannot help but think that he would have done better than... (laughs) Than uh, most decathletes yes. in the world. Agreed, agreed. But so, but back in like the seventies, when Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, what, what's what's their face, Jenner decide uh, won and was on the Wheaties boxes. Uh, Bruce Jenner was actually considered the world's greatest athlete at that point in time. So no, I don't give a shit if they are a woman. Which they aren't just taking that position. Uh, he, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner should not be hitting from the fucking ladies. Agreed. Teams. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, Showboy Magic asks, "What's two plus two? Hmm? Wait, who said that? Showboy Magic, Will Shope. Ah, well, the answer is whatever the party tells us. Plus yes, two that's the correct answer, and that is the answer we're going with. Um, <clears throat> did hold on before we proceed? Did you see that there was like there was a two plus two equals five Twitter that was going on for the last day and a half, and that's probably what prompted no. this. Yeah, it was basically people going through explaining how no two plus two doesn't necessarily equal four, and that it's no math is not some pure science that's. Uh, that's always correct sort of thing. That is one hell of a take to, uh, to stay. That, that's one hell of a hill to die on, honestly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really an interesting way for people to 
explain why they're garbage at fucking yep. math. <clears throat> well, it's not that necessarily... I love how we're taking the liberal arts degree of, of humanitarian studies and trying to apply the same concepts to mathematics that is rooted in proofs mm. and, you know, centuries old... It is... It is, and this is me putting my tinfoil hat theory, it is the insecurities of people who were garbage at math and science trying to, in, like, intrude and uh, intrude on the things that they do because they felt insecure about the fact that they were made to feel stupid about that. And so instead they're going to retroactively prove that they were right and that they there were lots of different ways to understand it and just because they were objectively incorrect whenever they were studying math they can still tell those nerds to fuck themselves because they have a liberal arts humanitarian and they're obviously that. smarter than any scientist or math mathematician would ever be yes, yes. great um <clears throat> jpe uh 1323 it's jake asks how much would you have to get paid to eat a well-done steak with ketchup? Would I have to be paid? Hmm. I'd do it at cost plus. Uh, what's cost plus? Basically the cost of doing it plus the cost of like getting it made. I'll give you the exact definition. Uh, it probably... I'd want like 100 bucks to do it. You wouldn't do it for 20 bucks? It would be fucking terrible. It wouldn't be that much. It would be... Ketchup does not go on steak, and well-done steaks are rubbery, and not, I don't mean it's, it would be terrible just in the taste. I mean, it would be hard to do. Um, so basically, cost plus is relating or, <clears throat> or, donating a, or denoting a method of pricing a service or product in which a fixed profit factor is added to the costs. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <clears throat> I do. I do it for five bucks. Like if the steak was paid for, I do it for five bucks, dude. It's like, oh god, I gotta eat a. You're making me eat a steak. Oh no, my life sucks. Like it'd be fine. It'd be totally fine. Um, you know, I say it would be hundred. I'd probably do it for. 20. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on. Like if you were hungry, like there are enough people that do that that like I could get through it for 20 bucks like I have to eat a, yeah. I have to eat a steak and you're paying me 20 bucks no problem no problem yeah but the ketchup the ketchup would be rough I've never had steak with ketchup I have a feeling it might not be that bad I, I don't see why it would be any good at all I think it would definitely ruin the steak but it you know it enough people like I said enough people do it that there has to be some kind of taste value to it yeah, but there's also plenty of people that eat like cow testicles. So a delicacy in some in some cultures. Mm-hmm. And those are cultures in those cultures were referred to by our favorite president, parentheses me, as shithole countries. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's move on to our uh, warehouse fire of the week. Oh, warehouse. Oh, was that? We only had three questions. That's it. The the other one, the other two were not relevant. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, moving on to warehouse fire of the week, Ian, would you like to go first? Sure. So, my warehouse fire of the week was during a nationally televised hockey game in which there was no one present besides the players and the people 
basically the people literally required in order for it to operate and function. The power went out in the only stadium that they're using for the Western Conference on Saturday. That seems concerning. Yes. Now, it was only for like a few seconds, but still... You'd think this is, it reminded me of the Super Bowl in which the power went out for like 45 minutes. Man, that was, that was Niners-Ravens, right? Yeah, that was nine years ago. Man, I feel old. I, that was one I went into heavily rooting for the Niners. And then like once that happened and the Niners started making a comeback, I was like, this, is, this would be the most bullshit way to win a championship ever. If you only won because we had to stop the ass kicking that they were handing you for forty five forty five minutes. minutes. Yep, yep. Fuck that game. I lost money on that. Game. Was that was that nine years ago? That was nine. That years was pre. Ago, that was pre gambling, Ryan. Oh no! It was the it was the twenty eleven season. So it would be eight years ago. Eight and a half. Eight years ago. Trying to remember if that was gambling, Ryan, or not. Twenty twelve. No, that was pre gambling, Ryan. Huh. I love how you just assumed that you lost money. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely, man. There's, you never win those bets. Never win those bets. Never, ever. Um, yeah, really bad look by that stadium crew letting the lights go out. How long were they out? 20 minutes? Uh, for the... I, the hockey game. Yeah, the hockey minutes, game. I think. Oh, the hockey yeah. game? That was, it was like five to ten seconds. Oh, okay. All right. Well, a little glitch in the system. It happens. Um, all right. Well, my uh, if, if you're done with that, I will move on to my warehouse fire of the week. Yes. So my warehouse fire of the week is Joe Biden, um, who I love how I, I, you saw this happened this morning on some kind of like interview. Was it on MSNBC or CNN? I can't remember what network it was on. I believe it was on MSNBC. But, I'm but he was doing another one of his interviews from his basement that he hasn't left in um, – in uh, like months and months and months. Side note: Can we officially call uh, Joe Biden a basement dwelling neckbeard? I thought you were going to ask, can we call uh, that his basement the bitey hole? We could call it. Well, that's another great question you've posed there. Um, so, essentially, on his interview, um, he was asked if he had taken a cognitive test. And he was very offended by this question and asked, why in the world would he need to take a cognitive test? He's fine. What are you, a crack addict? Are you on, are you on drugs? Are you a crack addict? No, no. To be clear, he said cocaine. Uh, ah. And he said, he said did, did, I mean, that would be like if I asked, if I asked you if you, needed to do, if you needed to be tested for coke. Did you do coke to, uh, earlier today? And I did he say this to the African American lady on the show? No, it was the African American general. Ah, okay, excellent. So I love that the 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 cover up and all the headlines, and it was clear as day. Like you know, I I know we beat this into the we beat this to a pulp too, but the clear agenda in the headlines where we completely ignore the cocaine comment made to the African American gentleman on MSNBC. And just highlight that Biden says he doesn't need to take a cognitive test. Someone laid out like three, uh, like a list of the different uh, things that he said that were racially improper. 
And boy, it's like he made a comment about how Indians, uh, if you want something like, if you want to find Indians, go to a 7-Eleven. Back when he was the vice president, made that comment about, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Uh, like, it's, he has not a great history no. with his racial... No, and he's 75, dude, like, it's just, it, he's just an empty skull at this point, man. He can, like, I, 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 like, coronavirus has made this whole election process so fucking weird, but man, like, it's, so, like, at no point, no one has raised their hand and said, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> you know? Well, the interesting, well, the interesting thing is that he, as you noticed here, and it's happened on the throughout the campaign trail. Whenever he gets asked like a tough question or pressed on anything, he gets combative and flustered. So I cannot wait until he gets into a debate with uh, with Donald Trump. Oh, it's going to be glorious! It's going to be so great. Uh, it'll be the most. It'll be like like I said earlier. I'm partially on it because that's just the procedure, and that needs to happen. But also, it'll be one of the most entertaining two hours of television I've ever watched. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and uh, although I'm not sure how much stock I'm going to put into it, the, uh, his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, who, has been, who has answered more questions about this, that, or has answered more questions generally and given more interviews than Joe Biden has uh, in the last few months, Said that he will be on the debate stage. Yeah, we'll see about that. I'm not. I'm not anticipating. He was not even going to the DNC, which won't have people there. No. Which would be the second consecutive uh, Democratic nominee that didn't know how to find Wisconsin. <laughs> all right, that one was actually pretty good. Um, all right. Um, Moving on to Boomer of the Week, Ian. How is uh, is Ronnie back, or is he is he taking a break this week? Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie is back. So Ronnie, you know, uh, because people are so interested in what he has to say, uh, because he's a community leader. I mean, he's the he's in charge of the he's in charge of the local construction company. Employs thousands of people. Uh, he w- did an interview with the local, uh, local big time journalist, and uh, it didn't didn't go great. I'll say that when asked about all of the employees that were dying of the current ongoing pandemic, he responded that it is what it is, uh, which is not the most encouraging nope. thing for him to nope. say. Uh, he also said a variety of statements that actually made uh, that actually made the interviewer just look down at his, at his question sheet and the notes he had brought in, look back at Ronnie, look back at his notes, and just make a puzzle he, he went full Tucker face he did, on, he did on yes Ronnie. he did and it was it was not a great look uh, for Ronnie uh, and yeah, he basically made an ass of himself live, live during this interview that was dropped on Facebook, no less. Yeah. Do you think Ronnie's going to have any recovery trouble from this interview? I think people will forget about this within three days. Yeah. Yeah. As the news cycle typically good. For, that's good for Ronnie though. Good for Ronnie. 
Poor Ronnie. One hundred percent. He's. I know that. Uh, I know that Ronald Reagan was the Teflon president. I think that this might be. I think that Ronnie may be the Teflon construction company owner. A great comparison. A great comparison there, Reagan yeah. to Ronnie. Absolutely. And, yeah. Ex- uh, you know, you'd be surprised how many people compare Ray, uh, Ronnie to Ronald Reagan. Also, fun fact about Teflon: that is one of the. That is, I believe, the main material that was responsible for the C8 that was poisoning the water stream that I grew up near. So that's fun. Yeah, DuPont Teflon. There you go. Got to love it. All right. Um, well, you turned out completely fucked up, so that's uh, exactly. good to know. So I'm, I'm example number, uh, number one. Uh, so my boomer of the week is a great white shark. Um, so the New York Post wrote an article um, that said the great white shark that killed uh, a great white shark killed a New York City woman, and it's still out there. Um, and so this makes the great white shark a boomer um, because he is completely unaware that as a um, natural um, top of the food chain predator in the ocean, that the shark needs to turn itself in um, to the proper authorities in New York City because obviously. New York City police have been defunded. They can't just go out and find him. He's got to come to them and turn himself in. He'll immediately be released on bail. So as a boomer, he probably doesn't know that. He doesn't realize that bail laws have changed here in the last few, in the last few months, given the current political climate. Um, so I'm, 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 this is almost, you know, he's my boomer of the week, but I'm also just reaching out and saying, listen, Shark, turn yourself in. Then you can, as soon as you get out, you can go kill more people. It's completely fine. Um, so you mean just like the uh, the gang member that performed three drive-bys after he was released without correct blood? correct same idea same idea so okay. uh, just kind of reaching out to the shark um, really boomer move to not realize that he can get out on bail um, or get out with no bail um, after right after turning himself in so um, shark I mean if it was this easy then I would have I I didn't even, I can't believe that the uh, mayor and Jaws didn't think of this I know it's really it's it's a uh, it's a uh, Faux pas on, on all accounts. So um, that is my boomer of the week. The, this was in relation to the tweet where the, the headline said, uh, New York City, a New York City woman was killed by a shark and it's still out there. And, and, and the tweet said, the fuck it was supposed to do, turn itself in? <laughs> oh, man. God, I love Twitter and I hate Twitter. Uh, that's all I got for this week, Ian. You got anything else to add? Um... Did you watch Palm Springs? I absolutely did not. Okay, so we'll put off that movie review for another week, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but if you do want to hear movie reviews every week, then please go and listen to my other podcast, Red Carpet Trailer Trash. Now available on many uh, How many listeners do you guys have now? I don't know, because I'm also not the one who works with that for that, uh, for that podcast either. I have the I have the idea to start two podcasts, and yet I am not responsible for editing. Excellent. Boy, this is quite yeah, quite fake it till you make it. The new bring that I made to follow must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. And uh, all right, well that's all I got this week. Um, tune in, uh, tune in next week, and I'm sure we'll have more of the same bullshit. Almost certain. Fade the public, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs>